0: this is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your host, Patrick Allen. Am I on the screen? I think it worked. I think I got it figured out. All right, we got me. Okay, cool. All right, what's up, everybody? Patrick Allen here. We, yeah, you can see me. A, a fun four minutes of me learning how to use the technology that we use to podcast you guys all the time. I think Richard will probably be annoyed with me, but also like maybe a little bit proud that I that I somehow managed to figure it out um, <laughs> using Restream, lots of overlays, lots of fun stuff. Um, wanted to go live because the Chiefs have made some moves here in the last uh, like twenty four hours or so. Figured it would be fun to talk about that. So gonna fire out the tweet so just gonna let everybody get in here now that we're actually up and running um it's harder when you don't have a co-host you know because you don't have somebody to fill the time while you do the the promotion promotional stuff um but let me know in the chat what you guys think of the ronald jones trade uh trade <laughs> signing um very, very interesting signing for the Chiefs. I've got a whole outline here, don't worry. I'm actually prepared. Um, so let's let's get into it. But, I, you know, the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about is how different the Chiefs are going to look next year. Um, it really kind of came. I mean, we knew that there were going to be changes. We thought that there would be changes on the defensive line. That's what Brett Veach said at the combine. And I think that that's where we all thought things were going to be heading, right? It was going to be... Veach is going to make a bunch of changes. We're going to get a pass rush. Maybe we're going to add a secondary veteran wide receiver. And I thought that was pretty much it, that that was going to be the deal. And unfortunately, uh, or I guess maybe fortunately, if it all works out for the Chiefs, it's been a completely different offseason than I think any of us could imagine with all of the changes that have taken place here. So um, the Tyreek Hill trade was obviously earth shattering, and that changed a lot of things for the Chiefs and that it enabled them a certain amount of flexibility that they didn't have before uh, from, from a cap standpoint, from a player acquisition standpoint. And so um, now we're looking at a team that on offense is complete. It's going to be completely different. There's going to be some faces, right? The, the offensive line, that was, that was stabilized last offseason. Obviously, Mahomes isn't going anywhere. McCole Hardman's still going to be with the team. But the, almost the entire receiving core is changing. And then now that we're starting to see these changes on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so we're going to get into all that. But first, I want to say that we're brought to you by our friends at the Kansas City Beer Company. Hit, hit them up on the Twitter, at KCBureCo. Let them know that randomly on a Saturday, you've got some idiot on YouTube talking about their beer. Um, all right, let's get into sort of the meat of it. And, and it's the Ronald Jones uh, trade. I keep saying trade. Um, I need more coffee. It's not a trade. It is a signing, a free agency signing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let me know in the chat what you think of the Ronald Jones signing. Um, so here's the deal on Ronald Jones. He's 5'11, 208 pounds. Uh, ran a 4'6'5. 40 at the combine not blazing fast but uh, i did see a lot of reviews about his speed and his ability to run away from people when he's actually in live game action he was drafted in the second round number 38 overall by the bucks uh, for his career 488 carries for 2174 yards that's a 4.5 yards per carry average he's got 18 touchdowns rushing and 571 receiving yards uh let's see what you guys have to say about this Oregon fishing i like the moves we haven't even drafted yet so post draft cuts too can't wait um christian says he's done 100 mock drafts today because of the trade yeah a lot of a lot of room oh gail says my husband loves a casey beer co that's awesome have him uh if you're on twitter let them know hit them up on facebook uh let them know you guys love their beer uh i do as well got a bunch of it in the fridge downstairs um the gaming bro says hopefully we will run the freaking ball more this year yeah i agree with that and we're going to talk a little bit about that um imagining jones as a trade piece in the hill trade makes you feel better says jack quiz um so listen with the ronald jones things I, w- I was i was going around i don't watch a ton of bucks football i'm a chiefs fan i'm watching afc stuff um but i went on to a few bucks message boards and, and started reading up on, and I think that's always a really good way to, to find out, like, wh- what was the perception of this player, right? Like, you got people out there, the Saints just signed Daniel Sorensen. Um, and, 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 you know, you've got all these Saints fans talking about, wow, is this guy, he was on the Super Bowl team. And you see all the Chiefs fans and are like, oh, yeah, good luck with him. He's not really good anymore. Um, was never that great to begin with, but definitely not now. So I'd like to see, like, what do the other fans think about Ronald Jones? And it seems like he's been kind of a disappointment. For the Bucks, um, drafted in the second round, that I had high expectations for them. I saw the term "head case" being thrown around a lot. I'm not sure exactly what that means. If he's had some off the field issues or like you know butting heads with coaches, things like that. Uh, my guy Reach says Ronald Jones is a fantastic signing. He gives us a size profile we haven't had since Hunt defected. Uh, decisive, physical, and runs hard, and that's what I was finding on all these boards when we were talking, like looking to find out information about Ronald Jones Jr. They all seem to agree he's a, he's a good runner, very good runner, runs hard. They like his ability to run away from people. The one thing I kept seeing pop up was he steps out of bounds before the first down marker, um, which was giving me flashes, not in, the, not in the exact same way, but of Demarcus Robinson, our guy Demarcus Robinson, running backwards. Um, so that seemed to frustrate a lot of Bucks fans about Ronald Jones. And the other thing is his hands. So if you look at his stats, um, interestingly enough, he had this, everybody said his, his rookie year was a disaster. He played in nine games, had 23 attempts for 44 yards. That was a 1.9 average, one touchdown. Uh, then in 2019, he got the ball a little bit more, 172 carries, 724 yards on the ground. He averaged 4.2 yards per carry and six touchdowns. And then in 2020, I think this was his, his most productive year by far. Played in 14 games, 192 carries, 978 yards. Averaged 5.1 yards per carry, had seven touchdowns. Uh, in addition to that, he had 165 yards receiving. In 2019, he was used as a receiver a bit more, caught 40 balls for 309 yards, 10-yard average. Um, so the other thing that I was reading about him, though, was he's got bad hands. He drops the ball a lot, and then he's not good in pass protection. Um and that's interesting to me because the Chiefs, we know you got a, a, a big quarterback back there, a, a franchise guy, in Patrick Mahomes. You want running backs in there that can block. And that's been the knock on some of the other backs uh, for the Chiefs uh, is that they couldn't block well. And so other guys would get rotated in. Clyde Edwards Alaire, how good is his blocking? Um, uh, Jose says uh, ball security's been an issue for Jones. Chad, he split time with Fournette, Ronald Jones. Yes, he did. So. It's interesting, right? He's a good runner, but what we're hearing is he's not great. Not great hands can catch the ball. like can do damage if he gets the ball, but not great hands, not great with pass blocking. Really interesting. Why would the chiefs? So we know the chiefs very much like the, the Buccaneers, right? You have Tom Brady come in there. He's not running the ball. He's not mobile. You're a pass first offense. You need running backs that can pass block. So that's probably had some you know, part of why Ronald Jones didn't get the ball a ton uh, or, or wasn't the lead back. And he split time with Fournette because they wanted somebody in there who could block on passing downs, maybe who had better hands. And so he became a, a bit of a rotational piece, a productive one for them, but a rotational piece for that offense. And I'm asking you in the chat because I, I don't know that I necessarily have an answer for this. I have some ideas. Why would the Chiefs bring in a guy? When they have a very similar offense, although you know Mahomes is obviously more mobile than Brady, but why would they bring in a guy with not great hands and who's not a great pass blocker but is a really good runner when there's not really enough carries to go around anyway for the Chiefs because they throw the ball so much? I'm just putting that bug in here. What do you guys think? Yes, yeah, so Hefe says, we don't run the ball. This is, this is true. Nate S. says he's got really good tools but has been inconsistent. Um, that's why he was a second round pick. He, he definitely has the the talent. Um, so last year, again, 101 carries 428 yards, 4.2 yards per carry. So here's a guy who has averaged for his career. Again, 4.5 yards per carry. That's, that's pretty damn solid for an NFL back. Christian says maybe our offense is changing a bit and we run more. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Um, uh, Uwa says, I'd rather have McKinnon and Daryl Williams back. Um, yeah, look, they fit into the offense nicely last year and did a good job. I love, you guys know, I love McKinnon. I loved his blocking. Uh, I loved how hard he ran when he got the ball in his hands. Um, Red says, I, I I legit like this signing. It's a W. Gonzo says, uh, what's up, Gonzo? Uh, maybe the Chiefs will finally use CEH the way he was used in college. Yeah, remember, that was the thing with CEH coming out was that he was a good pass catching back. A lot of people said he was the best pass catching back in the draft in his draft class and the chiefs uh haven't really used him Jay ward patrick looking fly with the fitted cap today thank you my friend i've been waiting to wear this for a long time i've had it sitting on the shelf and i thought it paired nicely with the white uh chiefs hoodie which is pretty fresh gotta wash this thing like every time you wear it though i've got two dogs and they've got black fur so white hoodie dogs with black fur not a great match gotta gotta stay away from them um, morbidly obese says, "Running more with Mahomes at quarterback." Um, I think maybe Chad says offense is moving in a different direction. Yeah, so let's. So we we know that like we like Ronald Jones as a straight up runner. Interesting. So the second kind of thing that I wanted to touch on here is: Are the Chiefs making a philosophical shift? And this actually came up on Twitter. I want to say it was today. Let me just pull this up here. Uh, yeah, so this was from Mike Giardi, I believe, of NFL.com. The more I talk to people around the league, the more I get the sense of a philosophical shift for the Chiefs. They got bigger at wide receiver with Juju and and And, MBS, and uh, they can morph into something different, said one AFC exec I spoke to. Mahomes can make it work. That's why he's the guy. And this is something that our own Matt Verderam heard um, when – uh, he was talking about um, when I was talking to him about why the chiefs traded Tyreek kill. And some of the information that Matt got from some of his sources was essentially that I, you know, they, Mahomes is the guy, they believe Mahomes can elevate the other wide receivers and that now this gives them the cat flexibility, drafting flexibility, and all of those types of things. And that's why they decided to go that route. So what do you guys think of this quote about, from, from, a, from people around the league about a philosophical shift in Kansas City. So that got me thinking, right? Like I'm like, all right, let me dive into this a little bit more. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do a stream today to hear from you guys is, is this true? Is this a philosophical shift? Are they going to start running the ball more? So I looked at the receivers. I started with that based on that, that Giardi uh, tweet. Now listen to this. In 2021, your, your primary receivers in Kansas City, right? You had Tyree Kill, Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. Um, obviously, uh, Josh Gordon was in there, but he never caught on, hardly caught any balls, dropped ones, hit him in the hands, and all that. But of those four primaries, Tyree Kill, Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, and Byron Pringle. Tyree Hill is 5'10", 185. Nicole Hardman is 5'10", 187. Demarcus Robinson, 6'1", 204. Byron Pringle, 6'1", 201. So a little bit of size with Robinson and Pringle, but not huge. They're not not big guys. Um, Now I looked at our receivers right now, who we're expecting at least are going to be in the mix. Listen to this. You've still got McCole Hardman. He's 5'10", 187. You add Juju Smith-Schuster, 6'1", 215. All right, a little bit of weight. NVS, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. 6'4", 206. He's lean, but he's tall. He's big. He can go up and get it. Think about the wingspan of a guy like that. And who's left on the team? Well, Josh Gordon, he's still around. They must have kept him for a reason, even though you could call last year a total bust. They at least like something about him. Is it that he's 6'3", 225 pounds? And who's coming back? Who was on the team last year, played very early in the season, and got hurt? What's our guy, Jody Fortson, who's 6'6", 230 pounds. And remember that other guy, Darius Fountain, who flashed in the the preseason and who hung around all year? 6'2", 210. So just kind of recapping that, you got Hardman, 5'10", 187, speed guy. Juju Smith-Schuster, 6'1", 215. MVS, 6'4", 206. Josh Gordon, 6'3", Jody Fortson, 6'6", 230. Darius Fountain, 6'2", 210. I mean, it's like they're the Monstars out there. If all those guys get on the field, that is some big, big bodies. Not to mention, of course, you've got Travis Kelsey out there um, as well. So do you guys think – and I'm curious to know what you, what you guys uh, think – do you guys think that this was all a conscious decision on the Chiefs part? I mean, obviously, it was a conscious decision to sign MVS and to sign Juju Smith-Schuster. But were they thinking about size and blocking ability when they signed these guys? Because MVS is a good blocker, is known to be a good blocker. Juju Smith-Schuster, known to be a good blocker, going to be working out of the slot. And so then maybe is, is, that, is, is having every running back on the roster being a great pass walker is that a necessity because you go and you get a guy who you really like as a runner and ronald jones i mean we could just be you know i could be grasping at straws here maybe maybe these pieces they just happen to be a little bit larger but that wasn't the chiefs didn't sit down and say we need to get bigger receiver we want to run more but i don't i mean these guys get paid a lot of money um uh evan says pat you're on to something i'm gonna put that up on the screen um no there we go um uh, Rojo ran 4.42 at his pro day. Thank you for that, Michael. I did not see that. That's really interesting. Can Kelsey block though? Yeah, Kelsey can block. Kelsey's a, a fine blocker. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, low uh, low Radar says they have to have a plan. Coach Reed was talking about postseason scheme evaluations. Must have looked at the talent as well. What's my guy Reach say here? We'll put it up on the screen. I think they're looking to become more physically imposing, a more physically imposing offense and less finesse. Through Hartman and MVS, still give them the ability to take the top off the defense. See, that's what's really interesting, right? When you have these big guys who are really fast, Josh Gordon's really fast too. He's, I think, 30 years old now. Um, but if they're able to get him a whole offseason in the offense, could he be a contributor, a red zone threat, somebody that they put in in certain packages whose primary responsibility is to help out with blocking on the edge? I don't know. Uh, brought back Blake Bell, who is a good blocker too, says our guy Christian. Absolutely. Um, uh, thoughts on Noah Gray? Yeah, that's the other thing. Noah Gray. We, we we haven't talked about Noah Gray. He's another guy that the Chiefs have drafted that brings some size to the table. Uh, that's going to help out in the passing game. So, you know, when we got to the end of the season, Verduan was talking a lot about how he just he didn't believe Andy was going to change. Andy's not going to run the ball. But then I saw all of these things happening, and I saw Dan Orlovsky on TV. I want to say it was yesterday or the day before. And he said something similar to what we we're seeing in this Giardi tweet, which is he thinks the chiefs, he was, they were asking him obviously about the departure of Tyree kill. And he said, um, you know, I think the chiefs are going to be just fine. And one of the reasons he said that was because he said, I love their offensive line. He said, I think it's a strength of their team. I think it's going to be maybe one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Remember we've got a couple of rookies and Trey Smith, um, and uh, our center's name, who of course has just, just his name has flown right out of my ears, um, Creed Humphrey. For goodness sake, uh, I only had two cups of coffee this morning. That's that's what's going on here. Um, these guys were rookies last year, so what are they going to be in their second season in the NFL? Coming in, having worked, and it was a brand new offensive line, having worked next to to each other, having worked with Joe Tooney, having worked with Orlando Brown as they go into this next season. Red asked what happened to Cornell Powell, ended up on the practice squad, Um, needed more seasoning, wasn't ready. We'll see what happens. How's he going to play this offseason? So uh, Cheeto Freak's dad is here. He says, uh, Dan Orlovsky says a lot of stupid things, almost like his goal is to trend on social media. (laughs) Look, if you're sitting in front of the camera long enough, you're going to say some stupid crap. Um, I, I like Dan Arlovsky. I, I don't always agree with everything he says, just like I don't agree with, with most analysts. Um, but I, I think he, he has some really insightful takes um, very often. And I think this one is interesting as well, that he thinks the Chiefs are going to lean into a strength, which is the offensive line. And look, I mean, it makes sense when you think about it. What did they deal with last season? They have everybody dropping into these shell coverages. And the run is there, and they're running all these RPOs. Orlowski talked about the RPOs as well. Excuse me. And talked about how he thought the RPOs were a little bit – they were a strength of the team a few years ago, but they started to hamper them a little bit. And I agree with that. I think that what we're going to see from the Kansas City Chiefs this year is a little bit more of a traditional drop-back passing – and playing some bully ball up front with those horses they have on the offensive line. Because if the chiefs were able to run the ball last year, more effectively, they could have put teams in really bad spots, but they just wouldn't do it. I don't know whether it was a a, a philosophy thing. They didn't want to make major changes mid season or what, but they weren't doing it. Not on a consistent basis. They should tear teams apart. If they're going to play them like this next year, and to all due respect to, to my co-host, Matt Vertoram, who doesn't think Andy Reid's going to change. Look, he's he's known as an offensive innovator. And I think if he doesn't, like, th- these guys are just too smart. They're too smart to just be like, we're going to bang our heads against the wall for a whole other season, and we're just, we're just going to continue to just spread it out, try to throw the ball deep all the time, and run RPOs. Um, let's see. LS says, I think taking away some of the RPOs was allowing Pat to have too many options. He needs to just play down and distance a little bit more. Ellis, I think that's a really insightful comment. There's a lot that goes into those RPOs. You're trying to—they can be super effective, depending on the situation. They're, they're, everyone around the league has been doing them, um, but I do agree that you know they show you one thing, and then you—it's it, a lot to process. When at the end of the day, and I think that's what some of these people and some of these experts are getting at, the Chiefs have all the talent. They don't, and and this is, I know this annoyed everybody with, with like the goal line stuff that they would do, is that the Chiefs have so much talent, sometimes they get too cute, right? They have so many great play, and Andy's such a brilliant play designer, sometimes they get too cute. And you'd end up in situations where, like, what was the play that they ran where they gave the ball to Blake Bell on, like, a toss or something against the Bengals? Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't you – you have all of these great offensive linemen that you've built this offensive line. Just run the damn ball up the middle and get the first down or get the touchdown, and sometimes they get too cute. They overthink things too much. And then you end up with these situations where they end up going three and out when they like tried some wonky pass or something on third and two, and now they're giving the other team more opportunities when they maybe just need to get a little bit back to basics and a little bit of what they did. I see people mentioning cream hunt in the chat and I, I tend to agree with that. Um, let's see what Stacy has to say. Won't be a major shift, but it's perfectly reasonable to think they'll balance the run pass a bit more it will always favor the pass and I wouldn't be shocked to see them run in obvious situation, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them run in obvious, obvious situations. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like let's not get too uh, too far ahead of ourselves. The chiefs aren't going to come out next year and um, run the ball 30 times a game. I, I mean, and that, I would be completely shocked about that. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have Travis Kelsey. This is going to remain a pass first off you're not going to see, some sort of version of the Cleveland Browns offense where they're running it like crazy and it's all built on play action and so on and so forth. But like the chiefs have to be able to take advantage of what teams are showing them. And when they do that, they should be able to tear them up. So yeah, they want to pass first. Yeah. The strength of their team is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey right now. You want to get the ball in, in in their hands as much as possible. But if a team is, is going to come out and drop seven into coverage or eight into coverage, rush three at you every play, just take the take the yardage. And that's what's all the great quarterbacks have, have been really great at doing. Peyton Manning was a master at it. He'd go out there, he'd read the defense. You know, they used to say that he would have a run and a pass called on every play and he would go out. And he would just you know, run the play that made the most sense against the front that he saw. He always knew where he was going with the ball and maybe some of the RPO stuff and some of the trickery and some of the complicated stuff that keeps defenses off balance. It's just too many decisions and too many things that have to go right for the, op- I'm not saying throw all that stuff out. Um, you want to keep, you don't want to go vanilla here, but you know, all of those things keep defenses guessing, but the offense still has to process all of that stuff as well. And Maybe you need a lot of that trickery when Alex Smith is your quarterback and you're limited by the skill of your quarterback. The Chiefs are not limited in any way, shape, or form with Patrick Mahomes. He's deadly on any kind of play. So why not simplify some things? And again, take advantage of your strengths. Um, Let's see what we got from the chat here. Cole says, as long as Pat's quarterback, especially with Big Red, as head coach, this is a pass-first team. Yeah, I I completely agree. But I think we all agree – that they don't run enough. They didn't run enough last year and they probably left yards on the field because they tried passes when they're throwing into seven man drops instead of just taking four or five yards on almost every play. Um, Christian says RPOs definitely led to a couple interceptions and bad throws last year. Yeah. Look, and that's going to happen all the time. Right. Um, you know, you're going to run into those situations playing, you know, regular. Not running RPOs, you're going to get tip balls. You're going to get those types of things. You're going to have pass rush, but it's all about finding the right mix, as I've been saying. And I don't think the Chiefs did a good job of finding the right mix last year, and it, it probably cost them a little bit. I'm interested to hear, uh, you know, kind of harkening back to what I was talking about with the size at receiver. Um, what do you guys prefer for this offense? Because look, the Chiefs had to make a big change, right? Um, you lose Tyreek Hill everything kind of revolves in this offense around Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey. So now Tyree kill is gone. So if you're a team, you're looking at what the chiefs are trotting out there right now. And those receivers that I mentioned, McCole Hardman MVS. you're not terrified. If you're a defensive, any of those guys, the only, the only person I'm, I'm really terrified of. And this is with all due respect to everybody on the offense. The only person I'm terrified of is Travis Kelsey and he's getting a little long in the tooth. So, the Chiefs are going to have to – Pat's going to have to spread the ball around. It, it's not – I mean, it's possible that somebody like McCole Hardman emerges and becomes this like Tyree Kill-esque consistent threat, I'm not saying he's going to become Tyree Kill, but you're going to have to spread the ball around. And um, that's kind of interesting to me about how the Chiefs play offense. is Because is, you'd have these games last year and, and past years where it was like all of the, all of the yardage came from Tyree Kill or, or Travis Kelsey. And so teams would really bear down and try to stop those guys. Does it make this offense a little bit more fluid with the ball getting spread around a little bit more and the run getting mixed in a little bit more? I don't know. We're going to have to see. And who else are they going to bring in? Are they done adding receivers? Um, Jay Ward says, I'd rather have more big guys with good hands, but it's nice to have speed like McColl, MVS, and maybe a guy in the draft. Love it. Um more more comments on the size of the receiver. Size and speed combo is great though. 6'4 and fast AF. Yeah, I love that. Um, we're gonna get to the defense in in a in a little bit here. Um, Taylor says it's more like McCall became the McCluster type change of pace. We need a Dwayne Bow, consistent catch guy. I agree. I I I wanted the Chiefs to kind of other than Kelsey, like who's gonna be this possession guy? Who's gonna be a guy that Pat can go to? All the time. MVS probably going to be stretching the field, right? I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be that that other guy that he consistently goes to. Um, he's got a ton of talent. He had a 1,400-yard receiving season at one point. I think he's going to be a guy that the Chiefs really lean on, uh, as well as McColl Hardman. From a talent perspective, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hardman are great talent. Great talent, good speed, good hands can block with with Juju. McColl's a guy you can, you know, you don't have to take all those sweeps and and those, uh, those, those touch passes and those things that the chiefs like to run. You don't have to take those out of the playbook with Tyree. Remember they, they, they drafted McColl Hardman. And part of that thinking was, well, we might not have Tyree kill. Right. Um, So that's going to be really interesting. Uh, Hill may have been small, but he elevated. This is from Thomas. I'm going to put this up here. Hill may have been small, uh, but he elevated am to go get the ball love the size but i mean it means nothing if they if they catch the ball in the numbers got to go up and get it at the high point <clears throat> is that juju and uh mvs yeah i mean mvs is a he's six four and he better be able to go up and get it down the field um j ward says hardman showed flashes in the playoffs last season actually impressed me with some of his routes and catches this is a huge year for him, a huge, huge year for him and the Chiefs. You know, he actually tweeted his off season, like about some of the hate he gets. Like, hey, I'm behind like Travis Kelsey and and Tyree Kill, and like, there's some fairness to that. But also, like, you know, he's had opportunities when you know Tyree Kill was out to to kind of step up and, and take over. Um, he just hasn't moved into it yet. But it's also on the coaches to figure out the best way to use him and put him in positions to succeed. I think they started doing that towards the end of last year, and hopefully we we will see more of that uh, as well. Uh, let's see here uh, from Oregon Fishing. I hope all the other AFC West teams believe the BS that the Chiefs are done. It will taste better. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about that, and I absolutely agree. It's going to be f- kind of fun going into next season. I mean, when the Chiefs got Mahomes the and they had Hill and, and Kelsey, and it was like, they're expected to win every game and to cream everybody. And it would always be annoying when, when, when the analysts would point to the next upstart or the Chargers are going to win the division this year. And and they mostly never had a point, right? Now you can see where they might have a point if they're like, well, hey, that you know the Chargers can compete for the division, the Broncos can. because of the loss of Tyreek Hill, right now, how the defense looks, all of those things. They think the Chiefs are beacon, but they're forgetting about Andy Reid, they're forgetting about Patrick Mahomes. Um, and it's going to be, I think, kind of fun to go into the season and be like, you know what, like, fine, we're, we're good with being, I'm good with being the underdogs. Nick Wright said this on, on his show, uh, this week as well. Like this is my natural state as a chiefs fan is, is being counted out as being the underdog is nobody expecting them to win. Um, I think that's kind of fun. I think that's kind of good for this team. It's tough to be on top and to be expected to win. And it's a little bit of pressure, like the chiefs. Sometimes got lackadaisical, uh, even, even two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl and lost that season. Remember, it was like they were always in, in these close games that they had to eke out at the end because it seemed like they would lose focus. There's been a lot of turnover now. There's some more, and there's going to be even more, young, hungry guys on this team looking to prove themselves. McCole Hardman, he's got something to prove. Juju Smith-Schuster has got a lot to prove after the last couple years that he's had in Pittsburgh what about Marquez valdez Scantling, who I think said he was cut from his high school football team um you know his uh has been fine in in Green Bay but like not a world beater think he has something to prove think he wants to come into Kansas City and be like you know what I'm like a guy now I'm not just a specialist or a deep threat I'm a guy uh so there's a lot of people what about Clyde Edwards-Alaire who a lot of us call a bust right a lot of Chiefs fans he's a shouldn't have taken him in the first round. Um, you know, he's, he's dealt with injuries. He's an injury prone guy. He had the, the illness where he lost a bunch of weight, missed a training camp, the, the COVID season, you know, hasn't been as good since his rookie year. Well, boy, he sure has something to prove, doesn't he? Uh, so what about Ronald Jones, who the chiefs just signed a former second round pick who all the people on the message boards, and Tampa Bay are like, yeah, we're glad to be rid of this guy. He just wasn't a fit. Some of them think he could be a star. I saw some of those comments as well. If he gets it together, well, he's got a chance. He's got a chance to play for and be a big contributor to a really good offense. Uh, Richard Wilson says on the, on the Chiefs being an underdog, I went through 40 years of nothing uh, but letdowns with my Chiefs. This is nothing if you're a real fan or if you're just an older fan, right? If you, if you, if you live through the the eighties um, and the, and the two thousands, most of the two thousands, uh, absolutely agree. Uh, Hefe says, I can't wait till the draft. I might go to the draft. Oh man, you're going to Vegas. God bless you, man. Hold it down out there, but just be careful. You know, that's a, that's a, you can get into trouble out there in, in Vegas. Um, again, this is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Patrick Allen. Just, Sitting around on a Saturday, reading all this Chief stuff on Twitter, figured I'd hop on and have a chat with you guys. What the hell, man? I got, I'm, not, I'm not doing anything today. Um, so uh, Christian says, MVS had uh, 700 yards with Aaron Rodgers, so people are saying uh, we overpaid. Look, I mean, all that matters is what he does with the Chiefs. And Vertoram, my co-host, he's, he's fond of saying this as well. It's not about what happened. You're not getting paid for, for what you've done. You're getting paid for what you will do. So they expect him to contribute and uh, let's, let's see what he's able to bring to the table. Um, oh God, Kane. Why don't we sign Tyler Palco? What is Tyler Palco doing? By the way, anybody know what Tyler Palco is up to? Does he own a car dealership yet? I feel like that's one of like the go-to things. You take your money, you leave the NFL, you buy a car dealership or, or insurance, real estate, any of those. Uh, if You've got that startup cost, um, Ty, Ty, Ty says, Chiefs defense may be good. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the defense. So another signing the Chiefs made this week. And I think this one's really interesting. And I, I, let me know, fire off in the chat what, what you guys think. Jermaine Carter Jr. from the Panthers. So here's a guy who's been in the league, I believe, about four years. He's 27, former fifth-round pick by Carolina. Last year, he, he, you know, he was a backup reserve guy, but last year he moved into the starting lineup, started all 17 games at Mike Linebacker, had 88 tackles. Uh, back in 2020, uh, he was called versatile by Panthers defensive coordinator. Uh, he said Jermaine can play all three spots. He played some Sam Backer to the field. Uh, he plays Mike and Will. He's done a good job learning the system. So what do you guys think of the signing? Is this the Ben Neiman replacement? Um, You know that Spagnuolo likes to rotate in those linebackers. I know a lot of Chiefs fans just want to see Nick Bolton and Willie Gay on the field at all times. But, you know, Neiman rotated in a lot. Hitchens rotated in. So, you know, this seems like a signing to to fill those spots with with Jermaine Carter Jr. But somebody who started all 17 games last year, I think that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, Let's see here. We got a comment from Taylor 88 tackles, but Panthers fans all say good riddance. So I don't know how I feel. Um, Yeah. I didn't have a chance to, to, to look up a little bit more about like, I didn't, I wasn't able to hit the message boards to to see what people thought about Jermaine. Um, But, but again, like this isn't, he's, he's not being brought in to start. Right. I don't think any of us think that I think it's like he's getting paid like a million bucks. Um, You know, He's not, he's not going to be Luke Kuechly, no. Um, yeah, uh, I think he's a rotational player to come in. Maybe they're going to use him in rundowns, those types of things, as a depth piece. So, yeah, Sammy says sounds like a good depth piece. Um, yeah, I mean, I like it. Uh, an experienced guy, not not being expected to start. Um, God, we're still talking about Tyler Palco in the comments. Um, with uh, We got a comment about Willie Gay's injury history, um, but I lost it. Um, sorry about that. Uh yeah, I like the I like the signing. I think it's a good depth piece for the Chiefs. Um, oh, here it is. Um popping up on the screen uh from Jose. With Gay's injury history, this makes perfect sense. Look, the Chiefs need depth. Um, not everybody's gonna be a, a former, you know, first or second round pick that they can throw in there. Um, and at the linebacker position, they're really set with with Gay and Bolton, but they need some guys that they can rotate in. They need cheap guys that they can rotate in too. You can't have a a really expensive Mike linebacker who's a backup. that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, again, yeah, Cole says Neiman replacement. Remember, they'd like to move Dan Sorensen down on the box as well a little bit. They would use Matthew in that role sometimes. So you know getting uh, getting some guys down on the box, having an extra guy that can do that, I think that sounds interesting. Obviously, the Chiefs still have major needs uh, at, at cornerback. Um, they could still they still need more depth at safety and then of course, the edge rusher. Um, so we people are starting to talk about Tyron Matthew in the chat. Jay Ward says Rap Sheet said Matthew is waiting for the best deal for him. Is there a chance the Chiefs bring him back? Or is that a pipe dream? Yeah, there's a chance the Chiefs bring him back, but I don't think it's gonna happen. They've already spent a lot of money on the position for his replacement. Um somebody's gonna, he's got offers on the table. He, he may just be waiting it out. Sometimes these guys will sit around. They'll even wait till training camp. Somebody gets hurt. Um, and then all of a sudden now a team's desperate and they throw a little bit more money at him. He's a guy who's really confident in his ability, his leadership. Teams want him. He certainly has offers on the table. I think I think the fact, now maybe not the offers he wanted. If, if he had, he, he probably would have signed. But I think sometimes you have guys like this, like Tyron Matthew, who can kind of wait, They can let the market come to them a little bit, see how things play out. You know, there may be teams that are sitting there and they're like, all right, do we want to give Tyron Matthew big money um, given his age and all those things? Or do we want to get a guy in the draft? There's guys we really like in the draft. Well, the draft hasn't happened yet. And so Tyron Matthew and some of these teams might be like, well, let's just wait. Let's see how we do in the draft and see what our needs are. And then there'll be this like third, fourth wave of free agency with guys that are talented that are still out there. And that could be very well what's happening here. As Tyron wants to wait till after the draft, some players want to wait till after the draft. And then if you don't get your guy, if you're, if you're safety hunting and you're one of these teams, like um, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers need a safety, right? The Raiders are interested in Tyron Matthew. Maybe they don't get what they want in the draft. So now they're willing to pony up an extra million or two for a guy like Tyron Matthew after the draft is over. I think that that's probably what's happening here. Um, we had a Broncos fan in the chat. A honey badger desperately wants to be a Broncos, says silent one. Just don't know if he can find playing time. Ta- you guys can't find playing time for Tyron Matthew. Come on. Good defense, but I think you can, you can get Tyron Matthew on there. love the troll though. Love the troll. Um, uh, Thomas jury says he, he's enjoying the off season with his family, but the man has been vocal on Twitter this morning. He's always vocal on Twitter. Um, uh, not my favorite thing. Um, I like watch players on the field, not on Twitter. I know everybody like likes to to clown on Juju Smith-Schuster because he does the TikTok dances, with Jackson Mahomes, and all that. Like, I just, I'm, I'm, I just don't choose to engage in the TikTok players stuff. Uh, can't do it. Um, uh, Red says Reed is better than Tyron in my opinion. Or Red says Reed is better than Tyron in my opinion. I don't know about that, man. I don't know. Um, he definitely has higher upside for the rest of his career than Tyron Matthew does, but I don't know that I would say he's better right now. Red says TikTok. TikTok is just garbo. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it can't get addictive though. I mean, I'll get on there sometimes and I just like 45 minutes pass, and like, I'm hate scrolling it. I'm just like, I'm like, oh, uh, and I'll stop and I'll watch something. And I'll be like, I hate these people. I hate these people. I hate these people. And then like, occasionally I'll see something interesting uh, or see a good joke or something like that. But is it worth wading through all the garbage? I don't, I don't think so. I think it's rotting everybody's brain to be honest with you. Um, let's see. People are talking draft. I'd love to get Daxon Hill from the draft. He seems like a great prospect at safety. So here's what's interesting. So everybody, everybody's talking out there right now about who the Chiefs are going to add at cornerback. Okay. And James Bradbury, who's 28 years old from the Giants, 6'1", is rumored to be available. The Giants are kind of having a fire sale right now as they rebuild and start a new era. Solid cornerback Bradbury that people think he can be had for a mid round pick, maybe a fourth or a third. The Chiefs have a couple thirds. We know that. Look, I'm all for adding guys in the draft, but I like to have for a team like the Chiefs who are a Super Bowl contender. I like to have veterans in place. And if you have these these young guys emerge, that's great. But I don't want to start too many rookies, particularly in the secondary. So a lot of Chiefs fans on Twitter right now it's it's will they sign Stefan Gilmore? will they trade for for Bradbury? Will they get them both? Um, let's see here. we're get some some comments. Uh, Sammy says Bradbury for fourth seems high to me to eat thirteen million of a, a, a on a declining player. I mean he's twenty eight. Look, the Chiefs have the money now though, right? So I mean, it's not like it's not like they just signed Tyree Kill. And they extended Mahomes to make a little bit of extra money, and, and they're and they're going and getting a guy like Bradbury. They need somebody for next year at corner, especially if they plan to draft somebody. So like let's say let's say they people are like Gilmore. People are saying Gilmore's not good anymore. But like let's say they get Bradbury, they get Key as an edge rusher, right? Who who, who was in for a visit, um, and, and and let's say they even get Gilmore as a bonus. So they do that and now you go into the draft if you're the Chiefs or let's just say they get two, like, let's say they trade for Bradbury with like a fourth and they, and they sign key. So you're feeling a little bit better about edge. You're feeling a little bit better about corner and you go into the draft and and with the receivers they've added, do you have to take a receiver in the first round? Not necessarily. Do you have to take an edge rusher at the back end of the first round? It'd be nice, but you don't have to. Um, Do you have to take a corner? Again, if you've got these guys, I think you're okay. You need more depth at corner, but you don't have to take a guy with that first spot. And that, I think, puts the Chiefs in a really interesting position. If they can bring in some veterans like Bradbury, like Key, they brought back Frank Clark. You're looking at your defense and you're like, okay, they're thin in areas. They don't have necessarily world beaters at some of the positions that I would like them to have. But like they're fine. Like they're okay. It's not a complete disaster. They're not gonna, they're not gonna get steamrolled all season. And now they have all these draft picks. They have two first round picks, they have two second round picks, they have two third round picks. So I like that because I think it gives Brett Veach and the Chiefs maximum flexibility to really get the guys they want. Do they package up those two late first round picks and do they move into the, the top 15? Probably could get to around 14, 15, somewhere in that area. You got to get the trade value chart out and get one of the top flight pass rushers or one of the top flight wide receivers. Like, did, like, are they, do they want to make sure? And this has to be a priority for them. We need We lost a huge weapon and I know we sign guys we like at receiver, but do you move up and do you go get yourself a Garrett Wilson or a Chris Olave? Uh, you can, you can do it if you make some of these moves um you have the draft capital to throw in a second or throw in a third and to move up a little bit in the first round they don't have to go all the way up into the top 15 but like say olave is there you know some people project him to be available in the 20s do you move up just a little bit by you know using one of those thirds or something packaging it up and then you snag a, a you know a kind of a high end one of the top three receivers one of the top three pass rushers i really like that if i'm the chief i really like the flexibility um that that brings interesting question from J in the chat. Do you think it would have made a difference if Juju signed with us last off season? Interesting. Really interesting. I think so. I, I really do. Um, because of the way that teams were playing the chiefs, having somebody that's a consistent threat out of the slot, it's going across the middle a little bit more running drag routes and those types of things for you. I do think it would have made a difference. I, I think it would have made the chiefs a little bit harder now, if he play, if he performs at the level we know he can perform, right? We don't know uh, how much of it was him, how much of it was Roethlisberger. I think a lot of it was Roethlisberger, but we don't know. So, you know, can he come in? Is he a better receiver than McCole Hardman? Can he do better than McCole Hardman did for the Chiefs last year on a like route by route, catch by catch, consistent basis? If he can, yeah, I think he makes a big impact for the Chiefs last year. I think maybe they lose one or two fewer games against Cincinnati. Yeah. It, I mean, the game, they were so close to winning that game. How can we not say having another talented wide receiver would have made a difference. It's to hear your thoughts on that. Um, uh, Todd says Jody Fortson coming back. Yeah. I mean, I love Jody Fortson. Love him. Love the size. I think he's going to be a monster in the red zone. Um, red says Jody is 27. He's already at his peak. Sure. But I mean, there's been late bloomers in the NFL before you know that can come in and and play well is he a long-term option for the Chiefs probably not but if he comes in and gives them a couple really good years that would be uh that would be incredible um Jody can get up and moss people yeah I mean when you're that big don't forget just it's not just the he was like a tight end right like it's not just the it's not just the height that he brings to the table but just like the sheer size of boxing people out um He's going to be, he can be really interesting if it, if it seems to work out for him with the chiefs. Uh, all right. Fire in your questions, the Arrowhead Ag podcast, Patrick Allen, coming to you on a Saturday. I can't believe we're at 50 minutes. Aside from the four minutes where I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I couldn't get the overlay off the screen. Um, but now you're in for it. Cause now I know, I think how to run this stream myself without Richard. So now I can just basically hop on here anytime I want, which is a, a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your, your point of view. Um, as we're winding it down here, any, any other questions you guys have about these recent signings? Any more comments on Ronald Jones? Any more comments on the Monstars, is what, what I'm going to be calling them if these guys all play? McCole Hardman doesn't really fit in there, but Juju, MVS, Josh Gordon. Uh, I, I wonder if the Chiefs will just have like a monster package that they bring out where they go, you know, like uh, go four, four wide receivers or, or, or five with Kelsey, and it's like Juju, MVS, Josh Gordon, Jody Fortson or fountain uh, and just like, just Pat can just throw the ball up there. And that's the thing that I'm really interested about is Pat being able to just throw the ball up high to these monsters, get them, get them lined up against some of these smaller cornerbacks. Um, the monsters had a small speedy guy too. That's right. That's right. From Nate S. Um, is that a good nickname for the, for the receivers? I don't think we can give it to him yet. Cause we don't know who's, who's going to be playing five wides and two tight ends. Yeah. Interesting. That would be interesting. McCole, is the mugsy mugsy bogues of the Monsters. I love that. Um, no offensive line, just 10 receivers, says Oregon Fishing. That's like uh that's like video game stuff. You can like, you know, alter all the guys in your in your Madden game and just uh Rojo brings that Jamal Charles element to the offense. Interesting. Interesting. How so? Elaborate on that, Todd. Um, because I mean I you know I like the Ronald Jones signing, but I'm not, I'm not sure I see the correlation between Jamal Charles uh, red ass chances of CEH getting traded. <clears throat> I don't think so. Um, doesn't, doesn't, I mean, he's just not really done anything. He's just kind of a, he's talented. I'm not, I'm not hating on him, but he's just a, he's just a guy, right. He's a guy. And, um, I don't know that a team, especially the way teams are are looking at running backs right now is kind of being like, I don't want to say a time, a dozen, but like you can get talented running backs. You bring in veterans. I don't see anybody giving up draft capital for CEH right now. Now, if he has an incredible season, could he be on the trade block? Potentially, but then why would you want to? Um, uh, Red says, I like CEH, but he isn't an every down back if we are running more. I agree with that, and that's why you bring in a guy like Ronald Jones to, to mix it up if you're going to be running more. Um, but I think you can give CEH you know 15 touches a game and he'll be okay um, as long as he's not taking massive hits. Um, more draft talk coming in as we're kind of wrapping up here. Tony says, I say we pick Pickens and Watson or Burks who may have two time, two X receivers with Pickens and Watson's or even Burks in the future. What do you think? Interesting. I'm still doing my draft prep on these guys. I know a lot of Chiefs fans out there like Pickens. I I think it's interesting. I think the Chiefs have done enough with the receivers that they brought in that they can that, that they can go and get a rookie, and it doesn't have to be like one of the top top guys. So um, Jay Ward says, uh, "Wish we could have Jonathan Taylor or T Higgins at pick. We could have had Jonathan Taylor or T Higgins at pick thirty. Yeah, there's there's talent out there. I don't think anybody wants to see the Chiefs take a running back again in the first round." Um, but they have two picks, and that's interesting, two picks back-to-back. So could they get a little cute if they wanted to? Sure, depending on who's available um, when you have that extra first-round pick. And don't forget about the fifth-year option, which is something we mentioned on this podcast a lot. That's very valuable. And so it's kind of – teams like to pop in there, right? So like, let's say there's a quarterback that's still on the board, and like the Pittsburgh Steelers want to trade back in and get a quarterback. And they want to trade with the chiefs because the chiefs have a pick at the end of the first round and they'll get that fifth year option on a quarterback. So that's why it's like better. If you can get that guy right at the end of the first round, rather than the beginning of the second, cause you don't have that fifth year option. So uh, Mario says, get a wide receiver and uh, get two wide receivers in the first round. Wow. Interesting. Two wide receiver, two first round wide receivers with everybody that ever, they added. I don't, I don't see them going that route, um, especially with the other needs they have. Let's get a let's get a draft an edge rusher uh, and wide receiver in the first round. I definitely could see that happening, or edge rusher cornerback in the first round. And again, you're you, you're bringing in these veteran wide receivers, and you're you're counting on the Chiefs' quarterback Patrick Mahomes to elevate them and to make the offense go. Saying we've given you adequate weapons, you have a Hall of Fame tight end. Go out there. I think you can still score thirty points a game. And now you have a defense that's going to make things easier on you. That's going to give you leads. That's going to help you play from in front and those types of things. Um, <clears throat> we're getting some comments here. Carl says arrowhead addict wishing you much success. Good vibes. Appreciate you, man. Um, yeah. Love it. Um, Zachary says, which edge player do you think the chiefs realistically take in round one? I think where they're at Boye Mafe seems to be the one that is kind of expected to maybe still be there and might be a good fit for them. Some of you know if you listen to this podcast, Matt Verderham and I went out to cover the Super Bowl. We're in LA. We had some contacts out there. We actually took an Uber, long ass Uber ride, by the way, to Thousand Oaks, um, to the Sports Academy and watched these guys, Aiden Hutchinson, Boya Mafe, a few others, work out for the entire day. Um and Mafe is a really impressive guy. Um Monster, but a really nice dude as well. Worked hard, got along really well with everybody. You know, these guys are doing like planks with 135 pounds on their back. I mentioned this on the podcast too. When I was, I was standing there and I was like, man, my, I got to get my ass in shape. Never do you feel like a fat slob more than when you're standing in like a, like just an absolutely world class facility for athletics with like basketball courts and football fields and tracks and all those like high end equipment. And there, there's like, seven players working out and there's like 15 trainers there working with them. And they're all, and it was, it was, uh, it was Friday. So they had shirtless Fridays out there. So nobody's wearing a shirt. Um, and uh, J word says Hutchinson will be a top 15 pick. I think Hutchinson might be the top pick. Um, yeah. You feel pretty, feel pretty shitty about yourself. Stand there next to a guy like Boya a mafia who's an edge rusher and is like all almost all muscle. Uh, and is just absolutely jacked. Um <laughs> Taylor says about my co-host, why does Vertoram sound like a 50-year-old man was shocked to find out I'm a year older than him. You know, it's that New York guy. He's that New York guy. Uh, he, you know, when, he, when I hired him uh, at Fansided way back in like, uh, geez, it was 2015, I think. Um, <laughs> I had the same reaction. You know, I'm talking to him on the phone. Uh, but when he, when, he, when he started working with us in the office, He's just like a hilarious dude. A um, lot of hyperbole, which I know you guys all love on the in uh, uh, catchphrases, which I know you all love on the podcast. He's trash. It's a dumpster fire. They're terrible. He has a way with words, a hilarious way with words. When you combine that with, uh, with his, um, you know, his, his New York accent and all of that, it makes for a pretty funny combination. <laughs> Verderim seems like he hates the world. He's just an intense. He's just Vergeram a great dude. Super intense. Loves his family. A lot of fun to have a beer with, talk football with. Um, I think that's why one of the reasons why you guys love him on this podcast. Uh, great, great dude. Intense, sure. But I think that's one of the one of the reasons he's a great commentator. Um, a good reporter. A uh, good writer. Is he like I've never seen anybody that loves football as much as Matt Vergeram. I mean, you've seen his background there. I mean, I got a few things here, but. That dude's entire basement is a shrine, not just to the chiefs, but to the NFL in general, it's history. Um, He's got a photographic memory when it comes to NFL stuff, just remembers everything. You can ask him about random plays and he'll just, he'll just regurgitate them. Uh, Yeah. A lot of verteram. Love verteram is awesome. Unvarnished content. So listen, if you like this podcast, you, you got to subscribe. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, hit the thumbs up for us, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not subscribed, subscribe now because we do this. We go live every Tuesday and Thursday at about five o'clock. And those are our standard shows. Tuesdays, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Thursdays are myself and Matt Verderam. But I think this week we've had, geez, I don't know, four streams. This is the fourth stream, maybe the fifth stream. Because when, when shit goes down with the Chiefs, we'll just jump on here. I'm sitting here on a Saturday. I'm bored. I'm like, screw it, man. I'm going to do an hour on the Chiefs with my friends at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, which is really fun. Jay Ward calls Vertoram the goat. Hopefully I'm like the baby goat or maybe some other kind of farm animal, the chicken. I don't know. Cows, cows are good. I like steak, maybe I have steak tonight. Um, but if you like this podcast, um, you can actually subscribe to it. If there's information, it's all in the description here or wherever you get the podcast. But if you wanna be a member, we've got a Discord channel. Uh, you'll see that some of the people that are commenting on YouTube, they have special emojis and things like that. Those are our members. So you get like the longer you're a member, you get upgrades and emojis. Um, We're going to do giveaways with our members. We actually had a happy hour. I think it was this week. Was it on Monday? Did we have the happy hour? Was that this Monday that we had the happy hour, you guys? Um, And we got to just like, we hopped into the Discord, video chat, like a Zoom, and we just all shot the shit for an hour, a little longer actually. Talked chiefs, got to know everybody, where they're from. It was awesome. Uh, so if you're interested in being part of a community, it's it's not just, you know, hey, it's a podcast and we talk at you. Our philosophy here at the Arrowhead Attic podcast is you guys are our pals. You're our fellow Chiefs fans. You're fellow members of the kingdom. And we're here not to talk at you, but to talk with you, to talk with you about Kansas City Chiefs football and find some community. Um, Taylor asks, how do you get the Discord? You have to subscribe. There is a cost um there's a link in the description of the youtube video of this post or any of our other live shows where you can get the link to the discord to join it's like 4.99 a month and we are continuously adding things we want to make the benefit for you guys as great as possible so that's why we're doing things like the you know the happy hours we the, the discord's really cool it's got all these different channels we talk about movies and video games and breakfast cereal um we get up to all kinds of hijinks in there it's a lot of fun Uh, uh, Most people stick around Some people say it's worth it Some people have left Not very many though Um, Silent says Even though I love to troll you guys Chiefs fans are lucky to have These two covering your crappy team They're good at what they do Hey Hats off to you Silent Appreciate you coming by And and, and trolling We've met some other great fans From other teams Doing this podcast as well Which is really cool We've had Bill's fans Do super chats And donate money to us Um, So I always appreciate the, The other fans as well Some Sometimes Folks will come in here and get rowdy and we got to boot them. But um, is uh, Red says, is it like a PG server <clears throat> or like a PG 13 server? Probably PG 13 might go into our, I mean, people aren't sharing, you know, pornography or anything like that in there, but you know, it's a, mostly adults having, you know, adult type conversations. There's a booze channel the AA Tavern. Um, all of those types of things in there. Uh, we, there's a books channel talking about literature. Nate's got to jump. See Nate. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to get out of here as well, I got to work out, man. I gotta, gotta put the work in. But yeah, definitely. Uh, Thomas Jerry says 18 plus, um, uh, or you know, some some. It's rated R. Says Jay Ward. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna do like maybe a Madden tournament, all kinds of stuff. All right, I'm gonna stop rambling. I appreciate you like 200 of you for most of the stream listening to me ramble on about these moves. Um, if there are any other big moves that happen today, tomorrow, we'll probably jump back on. If she's like a cheese trade for DK Metcalf or something crazy like that, we'll definitely be hopping back on for an emergency podcast. Um, but if not, we'll see you on Tuesday. And now we're starting to turn the corner. As the fallout from this Tyreek Hill uh, trade is over, we're starting to turn the corner towards the draft stuff. So the mock drafts are going to start happening, and we're going to start leaning in there and find out which young guys the Chiefs are going to add, and then they may even add some some veterans, you know, uh, through the draft as well. Once you get to draft day, and some of those things start moving, all the pieces on the chessboard start moving around. All right, everybody. Hopefully, I know how to shut this thing down properly. On your way out, if you could hit the thumbs up on YouTube, I'd really appreciate that. It'll help more people find this video. And remember, this is an audio podcast as well, so you can head over to Apple Podcasts. You can download uh, you know that way you've got a couple ways you can get our content you can get us on youtube you can download the audio version as well for when you're on the move you're out mowing the lawn or something like that you pop headphones in so you're getting chiefs content we're going to be here all off season long again we're brought to you by the kansas city beer company if you could do me a favor on twitter at casey Bierko, shoot him a note right now and be like hey i just watched this podcast this idiot for an hour talking chiefs it was free and um, I uh, uh, I enjoyed it. And he told me about your beer, Kansas City Beer at Casey Beer Co. on Twitter. Uh, it lets them know that our message about their beer is getting to you. And then they give us money, which is like, you know, that helps us stay on the air. All right, everybody, thank you. Appreciate you all so much. Uh, we'll see you on Tuesday. Uh, oh, I got a producer in here. All right, thanks, Hunter. Hunter's going to shut us down. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Uh, Sterling Holmes will be back. Matt Connor's on vacation, but somebody will be there so. Uh, But until then, I'll be here on Thursday. Go Chiefs.